0: Do you love to read but struggle to see print? Bookshare is a nonprofit e-book library that makes reading easier for people with low vision or blindness. Members can read in ways that work for them with ebooks in audio, large print, and digital braille. Get unlimited access to over 1 million titles, including New York Times bestsellers, periodicals, upskilling books, and more. Bookshare is free for New York Public Library patrons or U.S. students with a qualifying disability. For more information, visit Bookshare.org today. Opinions expressed on ACB Radio are those of the respective program contributors and cannot be assumed to serve as endorsements of products or views of the American Council of the Blind, its elected officials, or its staff.
1: Welcome in Say hello to who
0: you know and who you don't and who you can. We'll give promise to your springtime and beginnings to your ends. We'll try not to be cautious, we'll be friends.
2: Welcome in everyone on Friday evening, November 5th, 2021. My goodness, the year is flying by faster than... Any of us can keep up with it, seems, these days. I want to welcome you all this evening. We have a great lineup for tonight. We're going to talk wine, wine, and more wine. Wines for your holidays. Wines for gift ideas. Wines because it's Friday night and it sounds like a really good idea. (laughs) And... Then we're also going to do a little bit of talk about um, making your table and your mantle and such festive for the holiday season. You know, the holidays to me really start long before Thanksgiving. Um, I guess being a New Englander, I've always loved the fall. I've always loved the the autumn when you've got the apples and the cranberries finally come into blossom, come into uh, ripe, finally ripen, um, and here's a question for all of you to think about: Speaking of cranberries, who knows where Ocean Spray cranberry first started, and where their original? plant was in their headquarters offices for many, many years. It's been moved several years ago, but where it originally started, you can think about that for a while. Um, the cranberries, the turning of the leaves when we were younger, the, the s- f- smell of leaves burning in the fall. Um, I know that's one of those things that you don't can 't do that much of anywhere anymore, open fires, but there's just so much wonderful aroma and and beauty in general to the fall and that, and then that just leads us into thanksgiving and and then the rest of the holidays all the way through um, really nowadays into well into January. You know, we just have so many different holidays of the different, different faiths and religions. And, uh, it's just such a great time of year. And it also kind of keeps us from being, I think it kind of keeps us at least from getting down in January and February when the snow and the ice take over the world. It seems <laughs> at least we have good memories to fall back on, hopefully. And with that, I want to introduce our guest this evening is Gabriel lopez Cafati, who many of you have had the pleasure of knowing in the past, and we've had the pleasure of having him with us on other evenings to talk about wines, and he's agreed to come back and give us a few more tips and updates. And Gabriel, welcome, and thank you so much
3: for joining us. Friday. oh my god it's my pleasure and my honor i i i I really feel not only honored and flattered but also anxious. I was like how wh- why is it that Terry wants to give me an entire disabilities hour <laughs> because
2: you're so good at it <laughs>
3: <laughs> but yes, I agree with with you Terry uh I love the season of uh the holidays um, many people ask me I, I don't actively dislike Halloween I just feel that Halloween is the only like l- l- landmark in between us and the holidays <laughs> so I feel that the day after Halloween is like okay we're in the holiday season finally <laughs> <laughs> and it is my favorite also time of the year uh, i have so many good memories uh, not only from uh, growing up in honduras but also here in the states um and uh one of my favorite things believe it or not <laughs> is something that you would never think grows in honduras but we import us we import a lot of things Uh, One of my favorite things is not only the smell, but the taste of chestnuts, chestnuts roasting.
2: Oh. I wouldn't have thought of those from Honduras.
3: (laughs) No, (laughs) definitely no chestnuts in Honduras.
2: (laughs) I think of them as really cold weather, you know, more cold weather. So much, yeah. What I know about it,
3: <laughs> there's, there's definitely just, uh, I think they're they're region, uh, regional from Italy, so I think all chestnuts come from Italy. As a matter of fact, why don't we start with that? Um, for those of you who do not like the actual chestnut, there's this wonderful, wonderful, wonderful dessert. Um. Called, I don't know if I'm allowed to say it. Uh, I mean, it's it's the name, so I cannot do anything. It comes from 300 years ago or more. It's called Capitula Divinity. Um, it's, uh, I'm sorry, but it, it that's the that's how it translates. It's uh, nipples of Venus, oh. and yes, and they are chestnuts that are infused in brandy. And served with mascarpone cheese and powdered sugar.
2: (laughs) (laughs) Much not to like there.
3: (laughs) Right? (laughs) Oh, my goodness. So, yeah, if if you happen to be in an area where you do get cappuccino divinity, uh, I, I highly recommend that as a dessert. Because you have everything in there. You have the, bron- the brandy, you have the chestnuts, you have powdered sugar, and you have mascarpone cheese, which is just yeah. to die for.
2: <laughs> Certainly is.
3: <laughs> <laughs> yeah. <laughs> uh, but again, going back to um, wines and uh, starting from the festive point of view, um, obviously, I know that we all, think of sparkling wine as a festive wine which it is it is you know we know that we have a graduation a wedding uh, baptism bar mitzvah anything that involves festivity uh, you have a uh, sparkling wine uh-huh. and there's something about the bubbles there's something to be said about the bubbles and I think it is not only the fact that they're so versatile. So sparkling wine, you can pair it up during the day in a brunch, whether you do, um, and I'm going to go into the different uh, cocktails that you can do with a, with a sparkling wine, but you can, you can do any kind of drink with uh, sparkling wine during the day. It's a great afternoon drink as well. And it's a an amazing evening drink to not only uh, toast, but also to accompany many meals. And it's even a dessert because uh, it goes fabulous with uh, chocolate and strawberries. Chocolate mm. and strawberries mm. are two of the main, main, main things you can pair up with any sparkling wine. I'm not going to bore everyone with my lecture about why don't we call all sparkling wines Champagne? Because I think everyone is part of the ACB family has heard my lecture and everyone knows that Champagne is only um, a uh, a, a denomination of origin. So any wine that comes from the Champagne region is called Champagne. Anything else is called something else. (laughs) If it's sparkling from California, it's a sparkling wine. If it's from Spain, it's a cava. If it's from um, Italy, it's a Prosecco. But anything with bubbles that is not from champagne is called something else. But um, I'm not here to lecture. I'm here to have fun and talk about drinks and wines. So uh, I want to give people a lot of ideas in terms of sparkling wine to begin with because like we said earlier it is a great 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 festivity wine so most of us are familiar with mimosas which mimosa is sparkling wine and orange juice which is great Uh, it's definitely the signature drink for brunch so you can't go wrong with, you know, good OJ and sparkling wine and have a mimosa. But there's a couple of other things that I would love to invite many of you to try and then tell us probably in a future visibility. or whenever we meet at conventions or mid-year, wherever we meet, I would love to hear your thoughts on these. Um, Speaking of cranberries, um, I know Terry uh, mentioned cranberries earlier. So Um, if you have a um, either combination of cranberries and strawberries or just strawberries and you mix um, you make a puree of it and then you mix it with sparkling wine you will get uh, named after the famous opera composer Rossini and I guess Uh Rossini because of the You know, Rosini comes. uh, 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 You know, the etymology of rose. You know, it means means pink. So I guess from the from the pink coloring that either the cranberries (laughs) or the strawberries or a combination of both gives the drink that's where uh, they named Rosini. So instead of a mimosa, you can have a Rosini. Uh, Speaking of the seasons, we also not only have apples but we have pears. So if you make a, a pear a puree out of pears, and you mix it with a sparkling wine, you get a pertini, what? which is also pertini.
2: I like that idea.
3: Yeah, it's really mm. good. I've had it myself, and it's really, really, really good. It's delicious. So, you had it? <laughs> oh, yeah. Oh, okay. Yeah, I, I do love. Um, so So there you go. You know, you have Besides the mimosa, if you have a sparkling um you do want, and you want to have something different and impress your guests this season uh you know puree some pears, you have a pertini or puree some strawberries and cranberries or both, and you have a rosini <laughs> so um those are very very festive drinks that go well as either and uh, uh, you know, with appetizers or as a dessert drink, and um, they 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 just go so well. Anything with bubbles, you know. I have I, I have a saying. I think I haven't shared this much, but I I'm gonna I'm gonna throw it out there and see who can guess. Um, and as a matter of fact, Terry, uh, do you mind if I do? You know, I've uh, Anthony and I have incorporated. A little bit of uh, competitive <laughs> uh, twist to to the wine tastings. Do you mind if if we if we offer out a a prize to Ooh. to anyone who would guess?
2: It sounds wonderful.
3: Okay, Go Right ahead. We, okay. So uh, if, if no one gets it, we'll 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 get to another one. But I have a riddle, and it's a question actually that says what is the difference between hold on, hold on, hold on no, 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 I'm sorry, I'm mixing I'm getting them mixed and I haven't had any wine yet, (laughs) I'm actually just having my first tip (laughs) Um, what is what is a brunch without mimosas boring good try good try
2: Anyone want to raise a hand and
3: And try to guess what is a brunch without a mimosa?
1: Mm. Breakfast.
3: You're close. You're close. Who
2: was that? That's Larry. That was Larry, Larry. And Peggy Carpenter has her hand up. Peggy, you cannot. Well,
1: I was going to say boring breakfast, but (laughs) (laughs) Larry and I I, thought along the same
0: lines. There,
3: (laughs) I think Perry. I'm sorry. I'm sorry. I'm sorry. I'm sorry. sorry. (laughs) I think Peggy. Peggy gets it because kind of you said it in different words, Peggy. But uh, it's uh, a sad late breakfast. Oh, sad <laughs> late breakfast I like that <laughs> Sad late breakfast <laughs> So I
2: hope Congratulations Peggy yeah, so yeah. Yes, I,
3: Well I have your info Peggy Okay yes.
1: <laughs> Alright thank you
3: And basically uh, what, what you get Is a uh, um, Digital uh, electronic gift card To Total Wine Oh very nice <laughs> So yeah. Oh, it
1: sounds awesome! Thank you.
3: <laughs> Absolutely, my pleasure. Our pleasure. So um, yeah, definitely. Um, you know, uh, I'm I'm gonna g- probably we should leave it for last because I know um, Terry, you want to talk a little bit about uh, setting a nice table. So we're gonna leave uplets for the end when we talk a little bit about about um putting a nice table for the holidays. Um, okay. but in the in the meantime, um just keep in mind that there is a specific reason why uh, we tend to serve sparkling wine in um what we call flutes, which is the long, you know, the long um, glass which uh don't get Anthony started because he's gonna say Blue, turn out blind friendly.
2: (laughs) (laughs) Sounds like there's a story behind
3: that. (laughs) Many stories. (laughs) Many stories. (laughs) (laughs) Yes, go ahead. Shame,
0: shame, shame on you. And before you leave the champagne, I can't believe you have not given them the recipe to our favorite champagne cocktail. And it's so apropos for the holiday season.
2: What is it?
0: What is it? I'll give you one hint. Hannah Swenson. Oh,
3: yes. Oh, my God. Yes. Thank you. <laughs> so Anthony got me into uh, reading these books, which, you know, it's a recommendation for all of you foodies out there. Um, <laughs> if you're on a diet, don't read these books. <laughs> They're terrible <laughs> for the diet. Yes uh the um author is oh my god i forgot joanne fluke joanne fluke oh okay so joanne fluke writes this whole series of um kind of mysteries uh so hannah swenson is the protagonist and she owns a um a a, a bakery which is the called cookie the cookie jar, jar. Yeah, you <laughs> go, Terry. Yeah. So she every so let me tell you, every chapter finishes up with the recipe of whatever she baked during that during that chapter. These so people in,
0: eat more; they consume more food than than a small island off the coast of Maine. <laughs> I swear. Yes. They, they're always
3: eating and they're always eating decadent and desserts and baked goods. So one of the, in one of the, in one of the books, um, Hannah gave this recipe, which we've tried and it's really, really good. So we want to share it with everyone. It is very, very simple. Um, it is again, combining sparkling wine. So it is three parts sparkling wine and one part. Are you ready? Get ready. (laughs) Butterscotch liqueur. Oh, God.
1: Oh, Oh, my God.
3: Yeah. Uh. (laughs) So, sparkling wine, uh, three parts sparkling wine and one part uh, butterscotch butterscotch liqueur. It is phenomenal because, but you have to be very careful because butterscotch can be a little bit overpowering. So in this case, I have not given you the exact quantities for the other ones, for the Mimosa, Pertini, Rosini, because those are basically up to taste. It's whatever you like. If you like your drinks very strong, um, then you obviously do more sparkling than, than the puree or the juice. But in this case, you, it, it is recommended that you do follow the three parts champagne and one part um, butterscotch liqueur because butterscotch can be a little bit overpowering and it just gives it that nice little hint and it makes it very sweet very nice this one i would definitely definitely keep as a dessert wine i would not serve it as an either appetizer or to accompany any meal i would definitely keep it as a dessert wine because it is so so good but it definitely (laughs) pairs up well with desserts and fruits
2: so very good. Anthony, I don't uh, Gabriel, I don't know whether you want to start with any questions or not, but we do have someone with a hand raised if you're
3: up for it. You know, you, wanna... you know Terry, the, oh, no, the way bit. the way I the way we do wine tastings is is very informal and very very conversational. And I've oh, noticed my. that from questions we get a lot of information. <clears throat> And I know that when one person has a question, maybe 10 other people have the same question. So absolutely.
2: Well, Lisa, why don't you give us your comments?
1: I'm unmuted, right?
2: Yes, you are. Yes, you are. Hi,
1: Gabriel. How are you this evening? Wonderful presentation.
0: Thank you. I want to know,
1: you mentioned a lot of leanies. You didn't mention bellini. How do you make and what is an actual bellini?
3: Oh, my God, you're, you're right. Oh, thank you, Lisa. Thank you, thank you, thank you. <laughs> the Bellini is actually, instead of the combination of strawberries and cranberries, it's just the cranberry puree with the sparkling wine. It is not so popular because, obviously, we not all live in privileged regions like Massachusetts where you can get actual cranberries where you okay. can make a puree.
2: all right so
3: yes uh, bellini is actually the drink that is made of same thing combination instead of you know mimosa orange juice rosini either a combination of strawberries and cranberries or just strawberries pertini pears and uh, sparkling and bellini is just pure uh, cranberry puree with sparkling wine it's one of my favorite, actually, Lisa. So thanks for asking, because I love cranberries. Uh, cranberries You're just welcome. spell holidays and festivities. Yes, that's
1: and- what I said. Why is he not saying Bellini? What's going on? <laughs> but I didn't know what it was, actually. Yeah. You know, but I've heard it, but I've never, you know, knew what it consisted of. So, yeah.
3: You know, typically, uh, mm-hmm. if, you know, if you want to be very, very, uh, if you want to be a stickler, you, you would need to use... um Yes. Natural real cranberries. Uh-huh. But I've I've done uh, bellinis with with the dried cranberries that you can get, uh like you know, like you get any dried fruit.
1: Mm-hmm. And
3: you know, they come out really good. Oh cool. It's just I that, would think they remember- might because I'm yeah, sorry, yeah, go, go ahead. ahead
2: no, no, I was ahead. saying that I would think that they might because the dried <laughs> ones
3: are often sweetened. Yeah. Okay. Yes, and, and yeah. that's and that's what I was gonna say. I was gonna warn People, if you do use the dried fruit, the dried cranberries to do your bellinis, uh, you can use less. I, I would recommend using less because the natural cranberries are a little bit more tart and less sweet. So, so the actual uh, sweet cranberries or the dried cranberries have much more sugar. So you don't want to end up with something that's excessively sweet. Right. So remember, this is my rule of thumb when, when it comes to mixing. Uh, drinks. You can always add more of anything, but you cannot take away anything once it's mixed.
1: Oh, cool. Thank you. I'll
2: give you another quick one with the cranberries too. What we do mm-hmm. is we'll make the mimosa up with the orange juice and ginger and um, uh, sparkling wine, but put a little bit of cranberry juice in the bottom of the glass Then pour your orange juice and sparkling wine in slowly on top of it. It comes out almost looking like a tequila sunrise. Tequila sunrise in reverse. (laughs) And it's It's cranberry and orange.
3: Oh, my God.
0: Yeah. (laughs) And I'm going to give you one more for presentation, especially at those holiday brunches. It's called a Bellini Button. And if it takes a little bit of preparation, the night before, if you're hosting, you take those um, dried cranberries, or if you're going to use fresh cranberries, you don't have to um, soak them. But it, you take the dried cranberries and you soak them in a little bit of cranberry juice. Then you roll them up in sugar and you, or uh, put them in a, like a, um, a Tupperware with some sugar, shake them all up really good, freeze them overnight, and you drop them into the bellinis and they become a bellini button.
2: Oh, that's an idea. That wouldn't be that yeah, that's
0: much. That's
3: nice, yeah. And that yeah. way you give a little bit of texture to your bellini.
0: I once ground up um uh rainbow sprinkles for ice cream and instead of the sugar, I used the rainbow sprinkles and did the same thing to much, much fanfare. Um very Christmassy, very, you know, celebratory. A bellini button. Nice. That's cool. <laughs>
3: So we have um, we have definitely talked extensively about sparklings. Um, I, I don't know what it is about. Obviously, probably it's it's, it's it, it goes back to human psychology. I don't know what it is about sparkling wine, but sparkling wine is statistically uh, more popular during oh, the, the winter season than the, during the, the rest of the year. So you would say that probably sparkling wine being a, a, a drink that needs to have to be cold you would probably think that it's not so popular during the cold season but it is actually very very popular and I, I think it goes back to the uh, celebratory and the festivity aspect of sparkling wine um, but having said that if, if there's no more comments or questions I think we We've given a good, good, good share of attention to our sparklings this evening. Uh, and I do want to honor my, my red um, aficionados. And I know um, our, our very dear uh, host, Zoom host, Sheila, is paying attention because um, my very dear Patty Cordell, who I send a big shout out. Uh, She's a great supporter of FCB and a wonderful friend, uh, Sheila's sister. She's a big red wine drinker like myself. So Mm. I'm going to start just to honor Patty. I'm going to start with Merlot. Uh, Even though Merlot is not my favorite red wine, I do acknowledge that it is a very, very popular wine, especially during the seasons. And that is because if you ever tried a Merlot, you will know that a Merlot has a lot of fruitiness to it. Not necessarily sweet, but it has a lot of fruitiness to it. It has a very, um, I, if I compare, I like to compare um, tastes. So um, the way I like to, to compare a Merlot is I like to, Think of it like a plum. It has a very plummy taste. So that makes a Merlot very, very, very terrible with a lot of the white meats that we eat during the holidays, especially Turkey. Um, Again, me, myself not being a huge, huge fan of Merlots, I, I do acknowledge how a Merlot can be a very versatile wine throughout an entire, say, Thanksgiving meal. You can have appetizers with Merlot. If you have a a beautiful spread of cheeses and nuts and dried fruit, it will go very, very nicely with a Merlot. Um, Once you have your main course, turkey, um, sweet potato, and, and definitely greens go really well with Merlot because that's the good thing about Merlot. Merlot is a wine that's not overpowering. Merlot is a wine that is kind of like the, the uh, <laughs> you know the friend of everyone, the one who's agreeable with everyone. It it will adapt itself to anything that you are pairing it with. So definitely with uh, your main course, it will go well, and then with dessert, it will go really really well, especially if you're talking about. Um, Something chocolate based or fruit based, your merlot will pair up good with everything. I want to take this opportunity, um, given that we've uh, spent so much time with uh, a lot of hardship for the entire world, and uh, and for the you know for for all of us as, as humans, just as a as, as you know, a human race, we've lived a pandemic, which is something that happens only maybe once every hundred years. I want to use this opportunity to encourage everyone to support our local wineries. So if you live in a in an area that produces wine, please support your local wineries. Um, our wines here in the U.S. are as good, if not many times better than French, Italian, Australian wines, uh, especially, obviously, n- no need to say it, but if, especially if you live in the um, uh, Northern California area, the Napa and Sonoma, that goes without saying. But anywhere else, uh, if you can support our local wineries, that is greatly appreciated because, uh, like I said, we're all we we're all experiencing hardship during this pandemic. So, so it's, it's good for us to support our local, uh, you know, nationally produced wines. I'm going to tell you an anecdote. There was, um, about 15 years ago, and that was the last one, obviously, <laughs> there was a competition which they called, no pun intended, and not because we're here on visibilities. there was this competition called a blind competition, or blind tasting, which happened, used to happen in France, and the judges um, are served glasses of wine blindly, without telling them what vintage what's the region and on both reds and whites California wines came uh, on top of French wines obviously French sommeliers were just angry <laughs> beyond belief and they wanted to contest and they wanted to say that it was it was it was unfair and that there was you know, there was some sort of fraud, but it's not true. You know, our wines, U.S. produces equally, if not sometimes many times better wines than any other part of the world. So having said that, um, Merlots from the Napa Valley region are just amazing. Um, I think Merlots from the Napa Valley region are very, very well balanced. And especially if you can get a hold of any any wine this is not only merlot but if you can get a hold of either a merlot or a pinot noir and this is a perfect segue from the uh, russian river valley it is amazing and i'm gonna tell you why it's because any wine or any vineyard that is next to a to the bank of a river it has all those minerals And all that hydration that comes from a river and that is kind of infused into the soil on which the vineyards are being grown. And then after that, the grapes are so full of juice and so full of moisture that when then the, the grapes are converted into wine, all that beauty transfers into the wine. So the Merlot is 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 a wine that is very very versatile because because it is so smooth to the palate. Um, having said that, uh, if there's no raised hands, uh, I'm gonna segue into Pinot Noir because I know do, many. We do oh, have we do? one hand raised. Yeah. Okay. Okay. I'm gonna let's acknowledge
2: Elizabeth.
3: Oh, the Zoom meeting. Hello, there you uh, are. To activate.
1: Hello? Hello, Elizabeth. Hi. Hi, Hi. Um, great, great, great presentation. My God. I'm like, what? A lot of this stuff I didn't even know. I'm like, oh, my goodness. But um, the first three wines you were talking about mm-hmm. um during your opening, is there any specific wines that you... Add with the orange juice or the the strawberries and cranberries or pears or just any sweet wine will will do.
3: Good question, Elizabeth. You know, uh, my God, thank you. You see, this is what I was telling you, Terry. That from questions we get, I, I I I I've done a lot of wine tastings and wine presentations. So I sometimes I leave things out just because I don't want to bore people, but uh, but. I mean, thank you. Thank you for that question, Elizabeth. So we have, um, within the sparkling wines, we have a couple of categories. Um, We have what is called Brut. We have Demi-Sec and Sec. So the Brut or Brut Nature, um, and you just remember that Brut or Brut Nature comes from natural. That means that no sugar added. Because I'm going to try to do this very quickly without, you know, going too deep into the chemical procedures and all the processes that go into it. But sparkling wine is, is created just as, 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 as a regular white or red wine is created, but with a difference that it has a double fermentation process. So during the fir- first, fir- first, first fermentation, sounds like I've drunk a bottle, right?
2: <laughs> during the first
3: fermentation is the process of actually the winemaking. During the second part of the fermentation is when the bubbles are created. And that is many times, uh, is achieved through adding sugar to the actual wine. And the sugar is then converted into, um, uh, bubbles. And then that's how you achieve. The bubbles in the sparkling wine. So, Brut nature, natural, means that there's no sugar added. So, if you have to wait 12 years for the wine to start producing bubbles, you wait for 12 years. Um, Demi sec is a smaller amount of sugar added to make uh, the bubbles come up. And then sec is the sweetest of all sparkling wines. So, you have a lot of sugar added. So, It all depends on your taste. If uh, you're a sweet wine drinker, then you would want to start with a sec. But remember that if you're going to do this with uh, either pears, apple, I mean, I'm sorry, cranberries, strawberries, or orange, remember that there's going to be sugar from the fruit added. So you may, my advice, even if you're a sweet wine drinker, my advice would be to not use a very sweet sparkling wine. So either use a demi-sec or use a brut for uh, your cocktails, for your pertinis, bellinis, mimosas. Uh, but if you're going to drink it on its own, the sparkling wine, then that's when the level of sweetness comes into play. So if you really like sweet wines, then de- definitely go for a sec or demi sec if you like dry wines then go for a uh, root or brut nature I hope that answers your question Elizabeth yes okay okay uh, we do do we have any other raised hands Terry, No, will take we... it
2: no that will take care of it
3: okay okay so um i'm going to segue into uh, from merlot into pinot noir um Pinot Noir is basically (laughs) what's trending right now. And um, I I I love Pinot Noirs because Pinot Noirs are just like a fabulous surprise. Um, Pinot Noirs tend to also be very fruity and very plummy. um, But they also tend to be very earthy. So that is uh, because... You have to, um, I want to keep it right to the U.S. just because I want to encourage people to um, consume uh, local. So if you go into Pinot Noirs, um, Oregon is the king or queen of Pinot Noirs. And that is because once you go a little bit up north, you have more of the influence of the um, landscape and terrain of Oregon versus uh, California. So uh, Pinot Noirs need a little bit more minerals to grow. The grapes that are used for the Pinot Noir varietal need a little bit more of, uh, of, um, of soil and minerals to infuse those vineyards. And that's what happens in Oregon. You know, have you have all the mountains, you have all the natural surroundings that give the vineyards that extra uh soil taste. And I'm sorry if it sounds gross, but it is true. If you try a Pinot Noir, it tastes like it tastes very earthy, it has a lot of mineral taste, it tastes like many people describe it as chalk or mushroom or maybe even like wet um, wet soil. And that is because of all the minerals that it absorbs from that region. So Pinot Noirs are another wine that are great. Pinot Noirs are just great to combine. Uh, I would not probably combine a Pinot Noir with, with an appetizer platter, like uh, cheeses and nuts, uh, but I would definitely, definitely, actually... I'm going to share with you Pinot Noir is one of the, my favorite wines to pair with turkey. So uh, I know we all eat a lot of turkey during these next couple of months. So Pinot Noir just has this, this earthy, mushroomy, but at the same time, very sweet, subtle taste that just pairs so nicely with your turkey because it doesn't overkill so it it, it, just, it just kind of floats with the turkey. It doesn't, it, it's not abrasive. So it won't interrupt with the actual flavor because obviously if you spend, I don't know, six hours baking a turkey plus four hours the day prior brining it, <laughs> you don't want a wine that's going to just take over. You want your turkey to be the protagonist. So I think a Pinot Noir, is a great wine to pair with your turkey because it will enhance the flavor of the turkey, but it will not overdo it. It will not shadow the flavor of the turkey. So I I recommend if if you want a a specific recommendation, uh, I would recommend you trying a Pinot Noir with your turkey. It also pairs great with salads and side dishes, vegetables. Like I said, a Pinot Noir is, is very specific. I wouldn't pair it with either appetizers or desserts uh, unless your dessert is something like a very dark chocolate dessert. But uh, definitely with your main course, especially if you're doing turkey, um, even if you're doing pork, uh, Pinot Noir does pair really well with pork. So um, Merlot and Pinot Noirs, are definitely the stars uh, to sparkling. Um, But I do want to talk a little bit about a little bit uh, more stronger uh, wines or more, you know, with a little bit more personality. Before I uh, segue or transition into those, I just want to check with Terry to see if we have any raised hands. We do, Lisa. Oh, okay. Okay.
1: I had another question going back to the Merlots. Um, Mm -hmm. My husband and I argue about this all the time. He loves to put ice (laughs) in everything. Oh, my God. That's like chalk. I mean, nails on a chalkboard to me when it comes to certain Mm -hmm. wines. And Mm -hmm. would you agree that Merlot is one of them?
3: I'm sorry. What was what was the first thing you said that uh, he thinks? I said.
1: I said my husband and I argue about him putting ice cubes in the wine.
3: Oh, (laughs) ice cubes!
1: (laughs) I just like to drink mine at room temperature, you know. And it's just like nails on a chalkboard with me when he, if he brings me a glass of wine because he's cited, of course. And he thinks he's doing well, and he puts all this ice in my. I'm like, no, you don't. You just don't do that. Oh, Lisa. And my other thing I, is, what do you think about yeah. red blends? Because I'm drinking a red blend right oh, now. Oh um, my god, a, uh, <laughs> Earl Stevens red blend. So, what do you think about those?
3: Okay, thank you, Lisa. You, my god, you're like a mind reader. <laughs> okay, <laughs> first, first, knowing that I come from a place of no judgment. I will not say anything. <laughs> but I will say that I but I will say I'm that I, cringe you when, <laughs> <laughs> I will say that I do cringe whenever when anyone tells me that they put ice on their wine, even if it's a white wine. You know, ice is frozen water. And you know what happens with frozen water when mixed yeah. with liquid.
0: Yeah. It starts yeah. melting. Yeah.
3: So it starts becoming a part of whatever you're drinking. So that means it's diluting. Yeah. So you're basically. I'm sorry. I'm I'm sorry. I hope your husband is not listening. No, he's not. not. But it's basically. I invited him but He didn't
1: want to listen because he knew he was gonna be wrong.
3: (laughs) Putting ice on a wine is to me is like shooting a wine. (laughs) Exactly. (laughs) <laughs> because a wine is, is uh, you know, whether you like it or not at the end of the day, it is what it is. A wine is a combination of factors. It's a combination of the area in which it grows. It's a combination of how many years of the vintage, of the conditions around it, um, the barrels on, in which it was fermented. It's a combination of so many things, the cork, the bottle. And and when you add ice, it's just like you, you might as well open the faucet and just put a little bit of water in it. So you basically changed it completely. And it's different from doing a cocktail like a Bertini, a Bellini, a Mimosa, because those are flavors that enhance a sparkling wine. When you add just water, it's just like diluting the taste of the wine so yes you are right lisa (laughs) no eyes on the wine thank
1: you i wish he really was listening but i knew i was right thank you please
3: don't fight with your husband over this i'm not i will feel very guilty (laughs)
1: i'm
3: not wine is wine is supposed to be a peacemaker wine is supposed to bring people and families together yes
1: all right talk about red blend too
3: Yes. Uh, well, what I wanted to say really about also the um, the, the temperature, since you mentioned, um, tell tell your husband, um, share share with him. And instead of, you know, arguing with him and say, I'm, I was right, you were wrong. <laughs> tell him uh, that I suggest he try the 15 minute rule, which is the rule that we observe here in the house, which is if you're having a red wine put it in the fridge uh, for maybe a couple of hours and bring it out of the fridge for 15 minutes before you're going to decork and drink it. Okay? So, same thing. Uh, I mean, the opposite is is said uh, for um, white wines. Exactly. White wines, you need to put in the fridge and uh, at least Fifteen minutes, if not more, before the time that you're gonna decork and and drink it, because white wines need to be uh, cooler than red wines. And many people say red wines are supposed to be uh, drunk uh, drunk at uh, room temperature. But like I always said, you know, wine dates from thousands of years ago, so uh, room temperature back in France in the fourteen hundreds is not the same as uh room temperature today especially here in florida <laughs> but um talking about red blend you know, on
1: my back porch it's a little chilly back there i have a, an addition built on my mm-hmm. house and we set the wine out there and it's just fine when we bring it in we Absolutely, don't need all yeah. the ice and everything you know and that's what i'm trying to tell him you know but
3: yeah. yeah. Well, tell him the fifteen-minute rule, and and then try to negotiate into that.
1: Okay. All <laughs> but
3: right. but going into the blends, Lisa. Um, thank you for that question because blends are are definitely trending. <laughs> blends are um, a, a great, great, great addition to your seller. Um, and I think that a blend gives you the best of many worlds not the best of both worlds but the best of many worlds because usually blends have at least four five six if not more varietals so for example let me uh let me just bring it out of you know my head um if you have a varietal or a blend that combines merlot cabernet sauvignon uh pinot noir And uh, let's say Malbec, you have a little bit of everything. So the um, Merlot will give it a little bit of the balance of the fruitiness. The Cabernet Sauvignon will give it a body. So it will give it a structure. It will give the wine like it, it, it will stand on its own. And then the other grapes, for example, the Pinot Noir and the Malbec, the Pinot Noir will give it a little bit of sweetness and then the Malbec will give it a little bit of the tannins. So um, so you have a little bit of everything in a blend. So if you enjoy blends or if you are just unsure of what kind of wines you like, I definitely suggest blends because... That way, you get a little bit of everything. I only suggest that you actually go into analyzing each one of the grapes, if you can, either have Ira or someone read the um, actual grapes that go into the into the into the blend. Definitely uh, take advantage of that and 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 read a little bit about what it has, and that way you can start guessing. Oh, or you can start kind of narrowing down what you like about wines. You may like wines that are very, very uh, dry, or you may like wines that are very fruity. So that way you can start deciphering, you know, the different elements that each grape or each varietal brings into um, each uh, type of blend. Like I said, the um, the blends have the best of almost all worlds um California California has amazing blends um for example i'm going to i'm going to share a little bit of the uh wine that we have been um enjoying here at home um uh, cooper's hawk is is our winery of choice lately uh what we love about cooper's hawk is that cooper's hawk um It's not only of a winery, but it's also a restaurant and they do pair up with local wineries. So they support um, local, whether California, Oregon, Washington State, um, Virginia, New York, they support local wineries in uh, their winemaking process. And their blends are just phenomenal because they're very, very well balanced. And I'm just going to talk really quickly about balance because I know we're getting close to the top of the hour and we still have to talk a little bit about goblets and setting a table. But um, balance, uh, when 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 we say that a wine is well-balanced, that means that um, we talked about people who like really sweet wines. I'm a person who likes very dry wines, so I like a wine that is very, very uh, full of tannins and full, full, full of um, a lot of... Um, you know, high uh, content of alcohol, for example, a Malbec or a or a Cabernet Sauvignon. Just so that you get an idea, a wine that is very dry or full of tannins is a wine that you feel that it's it's like almost like if you if you have a a bag of black tea and you steep it for too long and then you try to drink it and then it it kind of creates like a little film around your palate around your tongue. You feel like Almost like it's like it's coating your palate and that's why those wines that are so heavy are so popular to 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 be paired with like steak because what it does is that it neutralizes your palate when you're gonna eat uh, so a uh, steak so for example, you take a bite of steak and a zip of a sip of wine and neutralizes your palate so the next uh, bite of steak that you take is gonna taste identical so it's gonna be very very loyal to the state um however many people don't like that and uh that's where that's where the uh, balance comes into play a balance a well-balanced wine especially when it comes to reds, and like lisa was asking blends is going to be a wine that has a good balance in between sweetness and between mineral or earthy taste it's going to have a Moderate tannin to it, and it is going to have a very, very moderate alcohol level. Alcohol in wine is not only obviously the part of the wine that gives it that nice buzz <laughs> or that makes people happy, but alcohol in wine has a different purpose as well. Alcohol in wine is uh, when you when you smell a wine when you do the nose. Uh, which is the word that we use to to refer to uh, smelling a wine, which is the first process because a wine should be smelled or nosed before it's tasted, because it's a part of the uh, experience. So um, the alcohol is the part of the wine that is actually in charge of transporting the aroma of the wine into your nose. That's that's the way that the the, the aroma of the wine. <laughs> Travels through the air and into your noses through alcohol. Um, so, like I said, you know, a blend, uh, a good blend, should be well balanced with all those um, notes into consideration. Um, Terry, well, if we don't have any hands, I'm we quickly... don't. And
2: unfortunately, I have less than two minutes left.
3: We have two minutes. What yeah, we've interested? got
2: about two minutes left because I've got a couple oh. of announcements I have to do at the oh, end. Oh, okay. So, really so we're quickly. at fifty-five. We have five minutes altogether. So you okay. take two and a, so you take two and a half, and I'll take two and a half. Okay.
3: Okay. Awesome. <laughs> Sounds like a deal. <laughs> so so just to set up a nice table. Um, uh, nowadays, uh, there's everything that you can find in glass. You can find in stainless steel. So you you don't have to worry about breaking your glasses if you drop them. Because you have every type of goblet for wines in stainless steel. Now, just really quickly, a very quick rundown. If you are doing a red wine, you want the glasses or the goblets that are more rounded on the bottom and close up on the edge. Because that gives the wine on the bottom the chance to breathe. And it then closes up towards your palate so that it gives you all the experience now if you're drinking a white wine you want a goblet that is not so rounded on the bottom because you don't want uh, the white wine to breathe so much and the more remember yes. it's physics the more space the warmer the wine gets and white wines are not meant to be drank uh, warm they're meant to be drank at uh, the most at 52 or 54 degrees Fahrenheit and then finally the sparkling wines the The reason why many of us love flutes is because it's it's a tall glass. A flute is a tall glass, and that allows for the bubbles to just travel up through the length of the flute. And you can hear it. You can enjoy the sparkling wine by hearing the bubbles, by smelling them, and obviously by tasting them when they travel up and down the length of the flute. So those are the three types of goblets that I recommend. Rounded bottom for reds, uh, regular goblets for whites, and flutes for sparklings. I hope you do enjoy your holidays with some good wine. And I'm always available, Terry. Feel free to share my info. I'm always happy to um, guide people and and answer questions about wine.
2: Gabriel, I want to thank you so much for such a wonderful, (laughs) wonderful presentation tonight. I do hope that everybody completely enjoys whatever festivities you have going this year in the holiday season. And that kind of segues into next week's show, which we're going to be talking about holidays in general and how they change with, how we change, I guess, how they change with the way we changed through the years. You know, we don't look at Christmas the same way at 65 as we did when we were six or five. Um, but there's still so much more to be thankful for and to celebrate throughout the years. And I hope that you all will join me for that. Before, though, before that, I also want to mention anyone who's on here who um, is a member of... Any one of the ACB affiliates, be it a state or special interest. This coming Tuesday night, I am joining Paul Edwards for Tuesday topics. And what we wanted to do was give each and every one of the affiliates that have any kind of a fundraiser going on an opportunity to tell everyone about your fundraiser, um, where, the, what, what kind of products you might be uh, selling how they can purchase them, get people started on their, on their holiday shopping, um, on their Christmas lists, uh, something delicious to have as an appetizer or a dessert perhaps through Thanksgiving for Thanksgiving dinner. Um, I know P- Penny's here tonight and, um, she's going to kill me if I don't mention. The uh like for as an example, Guide Dog Users is selling wreaths, which are really nice. I got two of them last mm-hmm. year. And they're lovely. Uh, many, many of the affiliates, AA Alliance on Aging and Vision Loss, I know has got a fundraiser going, Council of Citizens with Low Vision. There are lots and lots. And we're giving everyone, every affiliate the opportunity to talk about what they're Uh, Fundraiser is about this year. And so I hope you'll join me with Paul for two hours Tuesday night from 7 to 9 on Tuesday Topics. And with all of that, I want to thank you all and have a great week ahead.